Hello and welcome to The Key Message, brought to you by the Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science, where we unpack and unpick all things communication. I am joined by my colleague... Will Grant. And I am Merrin McKinnon. And today we're going to talk about getting social. Parties? Well, yeah, it could be. But I was in a work... I've done workshops where you sort of talk to people about how they promote their research and the kinds of social media sites that they're on. And I, I'm, look, I am a laggard. I still have a very, very old iPod and I was one of the last people possibly in the iPod. developed world, I know, okay. to, to actually get one. So, yeah, I get this reticence of not wanting to, to jump into everything. Now, you and I on Twitter, we are probably two ends of a spectrum. Okay. You are the highly engaged. Uh. <laughs> like you live on Twitter. That is I'll your I'll critique happy place. my performance in a bit, but yes, tell, <laughs> tell me I'm highly engaged. But what I would like to know is, and I do hear this a lot from, from scientists and researchers, is that, oh, no, I'm not on Twitter. Whereas I've actually found that Twitter can be really, really useful as a means of creating collaborations, promoting your research, that kind of thing. Why are you on Twitter? Why, Why am I on Twitter? Yeah. I think... <coughs> He's choking. Yeah, He's emotional. Me. There we go. Uh, look, first and foremost, I actually think that um, a lot of the advice that I've talked to people about using social media starts with not with sending things out. And I'd, you can analyze someone's performance by looking at, you know, you might look at mine and say, oh, he's tweeting all the time. He's highly engaged. He's doing things like that. But I think the first and foremost thing to think about social media is as a platform for listening and for learning about your community. And for me, in our research in the world of science communication and science politics for me and looking at the interaction between science and policy and politics and things like that. I use social media, Twitter in particular, but, but other places as well, really as a place where I can listen to a range of different communities. I mean, our, we're social scientists and our job is to try and to understand a range of different audiences as much as possible. Now, we can't get everyone, obviously, and there's you know, a whole bunch of different people that we might communicate science to who won't be on Twitter. But it's a, it's a place where right there in my desktop, right away, I can get access to a range of different people. You know, so that might mean people within uh, our discipline, you know, other science communicators. It might mean people in related disciplines, so people studying um, various physical sciences or various um, social sciences. It might mean people in the policy world or it might mean people, journalists, who might be covering that research and interested in that research. But then it also might mean wider groups of people, so end users or the cranky people who hate science or uh, all sorts of groups. And what that gives me is an understanding of, of who they are and why they do it. So the first and foremost reason that that I use social media and I recommend to other people, if they're, if they're being told by their department, okay, you've got to get onto social media somehow. You've got to get some social media impact for your papers. Okay, that's a goal to get to. But the first thing I'd suggest is start it as a place to listen. I mean, you've, you've said before you're a, you're a big lurker on social media, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, in, in a non-freaky way, yes. Lurking, lurking <laughs> is fine. <laughs> <laughs> on social media, yeah, okay, physical lurking, different thing, different thing. Don't, don't do that. But on social media, it's fine to fine to go out there and read other people's tweets and not engage at all. Or, you know, I think, you know, historically, you know, the comments, threads under articles have been really fascinating places where I don't want to throw in my opinion. Maybe because I, I know 1% as much as those people that are talking in there about that discussion, but it's a great place where I can start to listen. So social media for me, first and foremost, is a place where I get to listen to 
almost every other type of person in the world. Well, really, um, I can, I don't, but I, <laughs> I listen to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I guess, you know, a natural progression of a lot of the conversations that we've had with people is, you know, talking to them about why they should be involved in social media. And we can sell them on that idea, but then there's that kind of, oh, well, now how do I do it? Because learning how... Like the, the language of social media, how to, mm. you know, the hashtags and the ats, and it's like a different language. So what do you recommend? How do you get started? I mean, yeah. you, you obviously you can watch and mimic, but... Yep. So watching, watching really is the place to get started. So find out, listen to the people that you're interested in and the people that might be the end users or the people you might collaborate with in your research. So if you're in a, in a field where it's really, you just want to talk to other astronomers, like, you know, you, you want to find out about their discoveries and, and share your discoveries with them, but you don't have a lot of engagement with chemists or social scientists or something like that, that's fine. Uh, so spend your time looking at the other astronomers and seeing how they talk. Learn, you know, when they use some weird hashtag or some weird term or something that you're not sure about, jump on Google. You don't have to be embarrassed and, and say, well, what's that? You can you can Google pretty much everything. So, so do that. But, you know, find out the people that you think may potentially use your research, read them for a while, and then start throwing things in slowly. You know, don't dive into the deep end and start expecting people to engage with your work. Go in slowly, dip your toe in, respond to people a little bit before you start putting your own stuff out just by yourself. Yeah, that sounds good. So if you do, if you've, you know, if you've been like me, you've lurked for a little while, you think you're getting a handle on it, what are your top tips for getting the most out of Twitter to maximise your exposure? Okay, so I think, I think the first thing is, is working out what you want to achieve. Uh, you could you could want to be someone who is known for um, your opinions about your science, your your field, your research, um, and in which case, you just got to put out a lot of stuff and keep practicing. It's a craft. You've got to do a lot of stuff, and you've got to have stuff that uh, has has this thing called cut through. You know, it connects with people, and other people say, "Yeah, I agree with that." Yeah, I'd like to share that. You know, you do a lot of that, and people will push it further and further and further if you get stuff that people will agree with. But other way around, you might not need to do that. You know, to get decent impact, you might you might lurk for a lot, have conversations, not get a huge following. That's fine. When you get a new paper out, you know, you've 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 got this new contribution to your field, that will go further than uh, than most other things anyway. People will say, "Oh, new paper. That's that's more meaningful than here's your opinion on tonight's news or something like that." So things that are of greater weight go further anyway in social media. So don't be too worried about that. But if the first time you're tweeting is your brand new paper and you haven't engaged with anyone, you haven't followed anyone, then it's unlikely to really have much impact. Yeah, you really do have to build that network. You can't just walk in and expect everybody to be your best friend, I suppose. Yeah, you've got to build, you've got to build a network. And, and a network is both about understanding the culture but uh, having other people understand that you provide value. And I think that's, that's something that parallels in all social media. It's not something that just happens instantly. It's like building a collaborative network um, physically in your in your own in your research institution or something like that. It takes time to get to know the people that, that can do things, to get the people that have influence, the people that can push things further. Same thing in the social media world. When you understand that a bit more, then you'll be able to say, okay, maybe if I partnered with that person on their YouTube video or went into, you know, did a blog on that site or, you know, joined in Twitter on that way, then I'll be able to get more impact. But it does take time. 
Well, we've really only been talking about Twitter today and I think there's probably lots of other channels and outlets that we could look at. So it's over to you, dear listener. If you would like us to talk about a particular social media channel or strategy or any kind of strategic communication plan to get social, send it through. Where do they send it, Will? Well, they send it to an email address and that email address is the key message, all one word, at anu.edu.au. We'll see you next time. Cheers.